Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Remember the first time as you sat in class, the teacher asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Some kids say a police officer and others say a firefighter. If you were like me, you probably said a ninja turtle, you know, Michelangelo, party dude, pizza, praise the Lord. Astronaut, engineer, nurse, doctor. I don't know of any of the kids in my school, but some at the Newport Christian School. Uh, politician, and uh, of course, all of the professional athletes. You know, I want to be a football star, basketball star, all that. What do you want to be when you grow up? Perhaps one of the most frequent questions that a minister of the Word of God or a pastor is asked is, how can I know the will of God for my life? Perhaps you have asked that to the Lord before or to a minister of God's word or your pastor, a friend, a family member. How how can I know the will of God for my life? There are some things that we know to be the will of God. Second Peter chapter number three and verse nine, the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we know that it is God's will for every man to be saved. I don't believe in a selection type of God. I believe it is God's will for every man and every woman, for every boy and every girl to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's will. In another portion of Scripture, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, the Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so there are some areas in which we know the will of God. It is God's will for every Christian to have a grateful heart. You're sitting here tonight, God wants you to have a grateful heart. We ought to be a thankful people. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Hasn't the Lord been good to us tonight, church? He's a good God. He's a faithful God. But in regards to our life, specifically the young people and the kids that are in the auditorium tonight, We know that most of us, it is God's will for us to go to elementary and kindergarten and middle school and high school. But then what? How can I determine God's will for my life? The portion we just read, the counsel that is given from a father to a son comes from the wisest man in all of Scripture. I got a dream, Brother Hadley, and one night, 
the Lord kind of said, tell me what you want, tell me what you need. And he asked for an understanding heart. You people are too much for me. I don't know the way out and I don't know the way in. And so, God, I need an understanding heart. And he asked the Lord for wisdom. He asked the Lord for wisdom. And, of course, you know the story. God not only gave him wisdom, but he also gave him wealth. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It reminds me of what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto thee. He asked God for wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. Wisdom. He asked God for wisdom. True wisdom is found in the word of God. True wisdom is found in God's word. The words of Woodrow Wilson, he said, there are a good many problems before the American people today and before me as a president. But I expect to find the solution of those problems just in the proportion that I am faithful in the study of the word of God. I ask every man and every woman that from this day on, they will realize that part of the destiny of America lies in their daily perusal or pursuit or examination of this great book. In the first four verses of Proverbs 3, here's what Solomon says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them upon thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. I want to say to the graduates tonight, I believe that most of you already have a beautiful and wonderful relationship with the word of God. But if there's one thing I want to say tonight, A.D., in the middle of my introduction, I want to say, Keep making much of the Bible in your life. The Bible says in Psalm 119 and verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The psalmist says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt what meditate in it day and night. You observe all to do all that is written according therein and then Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. If there is one thing that Solomon is emphasizing in the beginning of chapter number three, he is saying to his son, son, make much of the word of God upon your life. Write it upon the table of thine heart. Study the word of God. The word of God is, is of much importance to the Christian life, and I believe especially in the life of our young people and our uh, young adolescents and adults tonight, we need to make much of the Word of God. I've heard it said often, and our pastor has preached it before, we cannot find and fulfill the will of God apart from the Word of God. I'll say it again. We cannot find, nor can we fulfill the will of God apart from the Word of God. Making much of the Word of God, God will reveal His will in His eternal Word. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. I'm glad that we sing it in Sunday school class. I stand alone upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, Bible. Thank God that it's inspired. 
Thank God that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank God that it pierces even in dividing the sunder of the joints and marrow and in the incense of the heart. Thank God that the Bible tonight is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And Solomon communicates this type of wisdom. He says, listen, Solomon, don't you forget my law. Don't you forget the Sunday school classes, man. Don't you forget Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Don't forget the tenacity of David and how God used him to kill the giant that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He's saying, Jaslyn, don't you forget that, 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 that God is the God of creation. And in those six days, God created the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested. He says, Ashlyn, don't you forget how God used Joshua to bring the people of God into that promised land called Canaan. Don't you forget those stories, Matt. That's what he's saying to you tonight. Don't forget the law of God because when we as people of God begin to forget the law of God, then we are destined and doomed to be enslaved by sin. We must make much and continue to make much of the word of God. And so Solomon gives him this type of wisdom. And he says, listen, son, let me give you a couple things here in verses 5 and 6. Would you notice first the principles, all right, the principles. Verse number 5. Proverbs chapter 5 and uh, chapter 3 and verse 5. Here it is, the first one, very simple. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Would you say that with me tonight, church family? One, two, three. Trust in the Lord. He does not stop there. How are we to trust in the Lord? Talk to me tonight. With all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. If you have trusted him for salvation, how can we not trust him for everything else in our life? If we had confessed Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, which is the most important thing that anybody can do in this lifetime, do you agree with me? The most important thing is for a person to understand that they are lost and without Jesus Christ, they will go to a Christless hell for eternity. They must recognize who Jesus is and what Jesus does. Jesus is God. Praise the Lord. He's not a God. He is God. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Jesus Christ is the lily of the valley. Jesus Christ is the rose of Sharon. Jesus Christ is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. There's never been any sin in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is perfect. He is the king. He's our blessed potentate. Thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he is powerful enough to take us to heaven, then he says to Matt, he says to Ashlyn, he says to Jaslyn, and he says to Rebecca, if you've trusted me for your eternal security, then you can trust me with all of your heart. Trust me with all of your heart. I like what Samuel said in 1 Samuel 12, 24. He says, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. I like what Tony Evans says. Man of God, here's what Tony said. You must choose to trust God. Trust is a choice. You must choose to trust God. 
Because trusting him is a choice. Choose to trust God with all of your heart. Trust him with all of your heart. He's a trustworthy God. You know, in another place in the Psalms, the Bible says some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we remember the name of the Lord our God. You see, back in the day, if you had healthy horses and if you had sturdy chariots, if you had sharpened swords and if you had uh, 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 thick shields, if you had a great army, then most of the time you would be a victor in battle. And what God was saying, listen, it doesn't matter if you trust in these horses or if you trust in these chariots or if you trust in yourself or those that are surrounding you, okay? It doesn't matter if you have the biggest and baddest and the latest and greatest. God said some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we who are called the people of God remember the name of the Lord our God. In another place of Scripture, the Bible says that the horse is prepared for the day of battle. And that's what graduates tonight, you guys are prepared. You guys are intelligent. You have a degree, you graduated, a, a graduate, a diploma, you graduated from high school, and, uh, and, and you're getting ready to be deployed out into this world, and you are prepared, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, and you got your mind right, right? You got your grind right, like Ice Cube said. Your soul has been set on fire for the Lord. You have good heart, great intentions, wonderful family, wonderful church family behind you, and you got goals, and you got dreams, and you got tenacity, and you're just going to go for it because that's what you were taught, because God has made you more than a conqueror to the Lord Jesus Christ. But God says this, the horse is prepared for the day of battle. But don't you forget that safety, safety belongs to the Lord. That's what God is saying tonight. A uh, verse that we have on the wall at home, I take it very personally. It's Psalm 127. And the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And unless God keeps the city, and except the Lord keepeth the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And God is letting us know, yes, it's good for you to prepare. Yes, it's good for you to be educated. Yes, it's good for you to be well-versed. But I'm telling you that that type of mentality that is all sufficient. And, and here's, what, here's, what, here's what Solomon says. He says, trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. And the next principle is this, lean not unto thine own understanding. And I put in parentheses right there, don't trust yourself. <laughs> I mean, basically, he says, listen, trust God, Solomon, uh, he says to Rehoboam, but don't trust yourself. Lean not unto your own understanding. Let's say that tonight, church, ready? Lean not unto your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. It means don't lean on your past experiences. Don't lean on your own understanding thinking, well, I got this. No. In an interview several years ago, Jennifer Lopez said, I just trust my heart. And whatever my heart says, that's what I follow. I, I just trust my heart. I trust my heart because my heart is never wrong. That may sound right in the world. But I'm telling you, it's totally anti-biblical. The Bible says that the heart, Brother Walsh, is desperately wicked Above all measure, who can know the heart? That's why the psalmist says, search me, Lord. Try me, Lord. See if there's any wicked way in me, Lord. And lead me in the way that has everlasting me. Search uh, everlasting. Search me, Lord. Try me, Lord. Purge me, Lord, because my heart, my heart is wicked. And the psalm, and, and, and Proverbs, he says, don't lead into your own understanding. Trust God, but don't trust yourself. A young man who was learning to fly, you've heard this. 
was told by his instructor, you must trust your instruments. Your instincts will fool you. You must learn that even though you may feel you are flying south, if your compass says you are flying east, you better believe it. Often when a plane is surrounded by swirling mist and being buffeted by strong winds, you may feel you are in the dive and be tempted to pull back on the control. But if your instruments say you are flying level or even climbing, you better believe them. To pull back on the controls might put you into a steep climb, which could cause the plane to stall, drop off in a spin, and leave you out of control. Just as a pilot must learn to trust his instruments, so every Christian must learn to trust God. Gotta trust God. I don't know what's going on. Trust God. My friends betrayed me. Trust God. The money is low. Trust God. I'm in the hospital and the doctor gave me news that's not favorable to me. Trust God. I'm trying to tell you tonight, church family, learn to trust him. He's a trustworthy God. Yes, he is. Don't trust yourself. Next principle, this is very basic. Watch what he says. He says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Then he says, lean not unto thine own understanding. Then he says this. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Psalm 46 and verse 10, the Bible says, be still. Then it says, know that I'm God. Be still, know that I'm God. Acknowledge means to recognize. Recognize that he is God. Well, I'm in church tonight, preacher. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing my, my recognition. I'm, I'm acknowledging that he is God. But we must not fall prey to compartmentalizing Jesus. Sometimes we're really good at recognizing God on Sunday. But we really suffer when it comes to Monday morning. Can I get an amen right there? That's right. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, and he says this, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye appear with him in his glory. Another portion of scripture, Paul wrote to the Philippians, and he says, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And if I say something to the graduates tonight, Acknowledge God in all areas of your life. Several years ago when the Lake Show was on the run, Derek Fisher used to wear those bracelets around his wrist. You know what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about the Celtics tonight. I'm talking about the Lake Show now, baby. WWJD. What would Jesus do? He wants to influence your selection of friends. He wants to influence our finances. He wants to have say-so and veto power over our families. He must be preeminent in every aspect 
and in every area of our life. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. When my mother first began to drive, Mama, I don't know if you remember, we had that old, that beat up gray, it was like a Pinto or something. You guys remember them Pintos? It's all good. I think my mom got it for like 200 bucks, man, 400, something like that. But it lasted like a year and a half, you know. The oil kept getting that cruise, man. It was just every time she checked. But anyway, I remember getting in the car, Pastor, and my mom would say something. I was like, Mom, what's she saying? Like, man, you know, what's going on here, you know? But she would say when we get into the car, she would say, Nombre de Jesús. Todo poderoso. What she would say is, before she would turn on the ignition, she would say, in the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ. All in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we would take off, she would acknowledge the Lord. But she, we're just driving though, I know, but, but she would acknowledge the Lord. Isn't it interesting that 20-some years later, I still remember that my mother acknowledged the Lord in something so small. Can I just say this as parents tonight? There are going to be little details that our children are going to take away from our lifestyle. And our talk whispers that our lives They're going to see what we're doing. She would acknowledge God. What about us as we wake up tomorrow morning? Do we drop on bending knee and say, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to wake up and breathe some oxygen of this new day? Thank you, Lord. Because without you, Lord, this, this house would not function. This cannot be a home. Thank you, Lord. Because without you, there would be no gifts, no talents to give back to you. Thank you, Lord, because without you, Lord, we would not enjoy the commodities and luxuries that we all take for granted in this room. Thank you, Lord, because without you, there would be no health and strength, nothing, Lord, that we could, we could be happy about. Oh, thank you, Lord. But even in, 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 in the small things of life, you show yourself strong. We want to recognize your power, recognize your grace, recognize your long-suffering, recognize your peace with passeth all understanding. Thank you, Lord. We bow on bending knee, and we recognize that that word, God, alone is, is that present in the room tonight. Thou art God alone, praise the Lord. He said, son, listen, <laughs> I'm about God's will for your life, but listen, here's some principles. Trust him with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Then I want you to see this, please, very quickly. Not only the principles, but look at the promise. I like what he says here. Look at verse number six. Verse number six. Are, are we having like, are we having a cake tonight or something like that? What are we having? We're having nacho? Nacho, nacho time. Okay. It's nacho time, baby. All right. The promise. Look at verse 6. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, 
Now watch that promise. Do you see it? And he shall, talk to me, church. He shall what? He's going to direct. What? If you practice the principles, then God will give you the promise. If you're like me, I want the promise, but I don't want to practice the principles. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> God says, if you'll practice the principles, I'll, I'll give you the promise. He shall direct. Now, when you read this, the word direct literally means he will straighten out. He will straighten out. Any of you like to bowl? Any bowlers in the house? I know we got some golfers. Okay, Mrs. Winterstein, I see you. Miss 300, I ain't mad at you. Anybody else like to bowl? Anybody else like to bowl? All right, Miss Jim, all right. Brother JV like to bowl? No? All right. All right, Miss Connie, all right, cool. You ever go bowling with kids? You ever go bowling with kids? Man, don't smash your finger, Johnny. Like, calm down. That's too heavy for you, blah, blah, blah. They got all the cartoons. Victoria, they got the, the bumpers they put on the side. And then they'll come out with some type of ramp. It's like, what? If your kids are like my kids, they just start talking trash to you. You know, because all they have to do is put the little ball on the ramp and let it go, let it go. That's right. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, bro. Little time, start talking trash, you know. Trash talk. Then it's my turn, and you know what we do. When you're, like, big, can I get a witness, Brother Gary? When you're big, you try to just, like, throw the ball as hard as you can. You know what I mean? So you're like, it's my turn. This is not how you bowl. This is not how you bowl. What are you doing? Anyways, you're like. Almost every time, my ball goes straight to the gutter. It's like, like gutter. Like, oh, come on. Ever so often, I'll get lucky. But the kids, bumpers, ramp, flintstones, roll the ball down, straight down the middle, strike, straight down the middle, strike, straight down the middle, turkey, straight down the middle, stuffing. Now, I don't know what you call it after four strikes, but, man, it's just like, what happened? You know what y'all going to need, Matt? I'm going to tell you. What, bumpers? No. Practice the principles, man. And God will take the ramp out sometimes in your life. Straighten. Straighten your path. I don't even know what I'm doing. I know. But God says, let me take care of the strikes. Jasmine, let God take care of the strikes. He says, I will straighten those paths out. I'm almost done. Let me finish this. Matthew Henry said, those that put themselves under the guidance, the divine guidance, shall always have the benefit of it. God will give them that wisdom which is profitable to direct, so that they shall not turn aside into the bypass of sin, and then will himself so wisely order the event that it shall be for their good. Those that faithfully follow the pillar of cloud and fire shall find that though it may lead them about, it leads them the right way and will bring them to Canaan at last. 
then I want to say this, not only the promise, but then the path. You know what the Bible says this. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Graduates, you've been on the path of childhood, of adolescence. You know what that path is like. But now you're embarking on a different path. You're on a different path now. It's the path of life, adulthood. And listen, can we all just be honest as adults here tonight? If it wasn't for the Lord, would we have any idea what we were doing? Is that right? Can I get an amen right there? Rebecca, welcome to the club. Having a great time. The path. You say, what is the path? Let me give you one verse. I'm going to skip over the illustration, but let me give you one verse. Please go to Psalm 16. Psalm 16 and verse number 11. Psalm 16 and verse number 11. Would you read this verse aloud with me tonight? Psalm 16 and verse number 11. Ready, begin. Did you see what he said? Did you notice that colon in the middle? The colon is used to separate two independent clauses when the second explains or illustrates the first. Do you see that? The psalmist says, thou will show me the path of light, colon. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You see, he's not just the path that we take to heaven. But he's the path that we travel on earth. What's the path? The presence of God. Having joy unspeakable and full of glory. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I don't know if you can imagine him. He trusted the Lord. I think with all his heart, Miss Sarah, I think he trusted God. I don't think he leaned into his own understanding. I don't think so. I think he acknowledged him. And you know where it got him, Jesse? In jail. He's in jail. Can you see him? What in the world? I trusted God, and, and, and this is where it landed me? She accused me of rape, and they have believed her, and now I'm in this jail. What's going on, God? I'm in this jail. My brother sold me into slavery and trusted the Lord, and, but here is where it landed me. And yet a common thread runs through Joseph's life. You know the common thread, don't you? The Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph. 
So I trust God. Will everything turn out like I want it to? I don't know. If I lean on into my own understanding, if I don't trust myself, and, and if I acknowledge him in every... What? There he is, almost 90 years of age. You can't pray anymore. I'm going to pray. My relationship with God is so important. I'm going to pray. All right. Stick him in the den. What? Trust God with all your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And there he is, old Daniel, sleeping in the lion's den. And so they've been found ten times better, and they learned the tongue and the language of the Chaldeans. They were more cunning in knowledge and, and, and beautiful to look upon. And, and they decided not to defile themselves with the king's meeting. And yet when it came time to bow down to the God, we trust you with all of our heart. We're slaves in Babylon. And yet they heated up the furnace seven times. We're not careful to answer you on this matter, King. And then the beautiful phrase, Brother Gilbert, but if not. But if not, we trust him because he's a trustworthy God. How can I praise him only on the mountaintop and not praise him when I'm walking in the valley? How can I praise him when life is full of laughter? When it's full of grief, I charge him foolishly. But here's what those three Hebrew children found out. I will show you the path of life. Colon. In thy presence is fullness of joy. When you go through the hardest times of your life, Rebecca, and you will go through hard times, when you have trusted God, when you have not leaned into your own understanding, when you have acknowledged him in all your ways, trust him to direct your paths, to make those crooked paths straight. And I don't even know what's going on, but I know this, that even in the midst of the fire, when the men looked down to the pit and when they saw the furnace, they saw one like unto the Son of God walking with them, and it made no sense to the guards, and it made no sense to Nebuchadnezzar, and it didn't make any sense to Pharaoh, and it didn't make any sense to, 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 the, to the authorities in, in Babylon and, and, and everything that was going on in Daniel's day, and it didn't probably make sense to Moses, and it probably didn't make sense to Paul, and it probably didn't make sense to Joshua, but one thing that all those men and Esther and, and Ruth and all of the great Bible characters had in common is that even in the middle of the trial, even in the middle of the test, even in grief, they found out that Jesus and God and Christ was walking with them. Praise the Lord. And there is no substitute when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. 
and the joy we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. How do I know God's will for my life? Practice the principles. Trust his promise. And then know there is nothing like having the presence of God in your life. And he will show you. He'll show you. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.